This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the 1912 Exiles, the podcast for Newport County fans by Newport County fans. I'm hosting tonight, Ian, and I'm joined by Ed. All right, Good Ed, evening. how's it going? Yeah, I'm yeah, all right. I feel, I feel like I've spent a lot more time this evening thinking about Newport County matters than even if I've been at a football match. So um, I'm already Indeed. quite fatigued. Indeed. Well, we'll we'll try not to fatigue you further, Ed. But let's—I think it's really important that we have a quick snap verdict tonight because, you know, this might not be quite as polished as we normally are. But we thought it really important that we uh, try and just get some thoughts down because it's been a momentous evening. Um, I've been watching on from afar, but you have been in the room, Ed, at a momentous night in Newport County's history. I guess first of all, how was it? It was it was good. Um, I mean, I think the the first impression that everyone had there was just how many people were were there tonight. So um, I think there were four hundred and sixty odd votes cast. Not all of them on the night. Some of them have been um, were being cast by uh, proxies. But of all the meetings we've had so far this year to discuss trust matters, tonight's has been the biggest turnout. Um, and, and yeah, you could feel it in the room that there was a lot of anticipation, a lot of excitement, a lot of questions, um, and, and a huge amount of interest. So yeah, it was, it was very, very, um, exhilarating in that sense. And I think as the evening went on, you know, even those of us who went in prepared to be a bit skeptical or, or with doubts, um, found ourselves nodding and feeling those doubts being assuaged and finding ourselves feeling persuaded. And that was um, pretty comprehensively shown by the final vote where it was 455 in favour of um, selling the trust's majority stake in the club to um, uh, former Swansea City chairman Hugh Jenkins. Excellent, excellent. Now, I'm interested, Ed, I mean, that's 98% I think we've someone's worked out, isn't it? So it's a, you know... For for me, that at least whatever way we're going, that was a really positive. That it was a very very um, unanimous decision. But I'm interested in what you're saying there. That you were nodding along as the night went on. I mean, obviously, you know, we've we've been having lots of chats, you know, off off pod about what's been going on and thinking about how we cover this and all the rest of it. We've all had our questions and our doubts and our concerns. So, what was it on the night, Ed, that 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 had you starting to nod along and maybe? started to maybe assuage any concerns that you did have was was there a particular moment was it a general feeling what what was it 
Well, my feeling, and I think probably that of of a lot of county fans going into it, um, was broadly probably we accepted that because of the situation that we're in financially, because we suddenly found this black hole in the finances and the trust are not able to quickly and easily fill it. I think many of us accepted that we were likely to have to accept the investment that was there. But I think also a lot of us didn't feel great about the fact that we were in that position, slightly um, perhaps almost resenting the fact that um, we, we've found ourselves very suddenly, very quickly being put in um, into a position where we're kind of having to rush through some of this stuff when ideally you'd want to have a much longer um, set of considerations around it. Um, and I think also, you know, I saw someone, I can't remember who it was, tweeting this morning and saying, you know, whatever happens today, it makes me sad that probably by the time I go to bed tonight, our club will no longer be our club. It won't be in the hands of the fans. And I've talked before yeah. on the pod about um, I I feel very passionately in favour of fans owning their football clubs. I think that's how all football clubs should be run. I think football would be better if that was the case. So a lot of it was head versus heart, if you like. Um, yeah. And I don't yeah. doubt that the, the board and others were coming at it with the same approach as well. But I wanted to go along and, and have that feeling that, well, if I'm going to have to go against what my heart wants and do what the head uh, tells me is the, the the right thing to do. I want to at least feel confident in doing that. And I guess that's what happened tonight is we had two very good presentations. Firstly, from Colin Everett, who, you know, everyone has has said how well Colin has done. And, and I'd like to reiterate it. You know, he is an honest broker. I, I was joking to Diesel, I think, during one of the breaks that, you know, if Colin Everett told me that a nuclear apocalypse was about to happen, he'd find a way of kind of softening the blow and making you feel that it was all going to be all right. You know, he he's very good at, at reassuring people and, and bringing them with him. So he did a really good job of explaining the process, the criteria that the board had put in place when evaluating the different bids and why it was that Hugh Jenkins was felt to be a stronger contender than uh, than John Pratt. And, you know, he could, again... Could you touch on that a bit, Ed? Because that was one of the things I think a lot of people were, before this vote, they were thinking, well, we should have seen both bids, all that sort of side of things. But it was clear there was some stuff said in the meeting today where they explained you know, the various criteria and why it was that I think you were saying it was almost a little bit like a, you know, a job interview that both, mm-hmm. both candidates met the, met the, you know, were appointable, but one met more of the criteria than the other. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Comment? I mean, that, that, that was, that was Colin's analogy rather than anything I came up with. I, I okay. don't have that originality, but it was a really good way of explaining it. And um, Colin was at pains to say, you know, both bidders came in with strong bids um, and he complimented both of them for how, how they'd gone about things, the level of detail um, and explained that the process was that um, there had to be due diligence on both bidders. And that's why, because of the detail of that, um, it was felt appropriate that the board recommended um, one of them having done that due diligence so that we as as fans weren't trying to kind of do that in an open meeting with 300 people, which I, I get. Um, and on the basis um, of the bids that came forward, you know, there was these there was criteria drawn up for um, what they were looking for. And for me, there were three things on that list that stuck out. Two of them obviously favoured Hugh Jenkins, or, or uh, perhaps let, let me rephrase that. Two of them uh, were, were things that Hugh Jenkins was clearly stronger placed to fulfil. So experience in football, 
and ability yeah. to be kind of hands-on in the day-to-day running you know the, yeah. the the John Pratt bit didn't have that um that football experience and also you know because of the the Atlantic Ocean being in the way um they would have been less able to be as hands-on as as Hugh Jenkins can um the other that I thought was really interesting on there was um a vision for the academy um and a commitment to the academy which you know again as a community focused fan-owned club i think all of us would want the academy to be a really core part of of what we do not just because if you get you know a few good academy lads every couple of years then financially that's really important and it can benefit your first team and it can bring money in in transfer fees but also because actually having a good academy and being the beacon for football in gwent which we've talked about in the past you know that's a that's an important thing for newport county to be um so i thought those were interesting criteria and it helped to explain why Hugh Jenkins was the preferred bidder. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, I think. And I, I think I'm, I'm sure many people who weren't there, that that will that will sort of help to sort of um, assuage some of the doubts they might have had. I guess before we go on to thinking about, you know, what does the future look like and what's the next 100 days? I mean, obviously, we've invited Mr. Jenkins on the pod and we open that uh, we open that invite out again and we'd love to have him on and have a more of a detailed chat in due course we haven't yet got him on ed but you were in the room with him what was your what were your impressions i thought he did very well um there was there was one question that i don't think he quite nailed and i'll come on to that in a moment but um i think apart from that the, the one thing i think he did an extremely good job of um he didn't overplay his hand he didn't make promises, uh, you know, he wasn't writing checks that he can't cash. He, he was yeah. measured, um, humble, um, and said a lot of the right things, but without going into too much detail, which I think is a skill because you don't want to get bogged down in too much detail. You need to set out what it is about you as a person and a bit about your vision. I would have liked to have perhaps heard a little bit more about the vision rather than the the stuff about what he's done previously which is i think most of us kind of already know but having said that i think it was germane to the point you know he started off emphasizing um his experience in providing stability and progress talked about wanting to be involved in a club who represent the right sort of challenge and that being a motivation and also cited um his experience in his knowledge and his contacts as being the things that he'll lean on in those early stages you know he was asked about um i think it was by Ambarani about the first 100 days what would be the priority um and you know it it, it wasn't i want to come in and give the manager half a million quid to go and spend in the transfer window and you know we're going to start laying groundwork on a new stadium or any big pitch stuff it was you know yeah. come in speak with the Dragons and Rodney Parade about how there might be better collaborations between between them or better relationships between them. Very sensible. Do some really proper due diligence around the place and then scope out stuff around training facilities and, you know, the things, the, the concrete stuff that improves the day-to-day running of the football club. And I thought all of that was, um, was very, very sensible. Um, uh, and he also, and I think the, the thing that impressed me the most in all of his answers was when he was asked about um his relationship with the manager and he you know he talked really openly about um at Swansea how you've got to appoint the right person and give them the freedom to do the job but having said that 
then that manager should expect scrutiny in terms of who they sign, how the team plays, making sure there's a really clear strategy across the whole of the club. And I think that's something that really resonates because we've talked on the pod about, you know, you go from Flynn ball to Robery ball to cock ball and there's no like, there's no overlaps between that. You know, it's almost like every time the club changes manager, they go, Oh, we'll just, we'll do something completely different from what was there before. Cause what was there before didn't work. And then it means every 12 months, two years, you're having to change the manager, change the players, change the style, change the philosophy. Um, and Hugh Jenkins was adamant that, you know, that's not how you do it. You need to have a, a strategy and a vision and a philosophy, and then you appoint managers to work within that. And, you know, he did that really successfully at Swansea. And I think that's something that, county would do well to learn from so that was his best answer i thought i i, I think that's really because that was one of the things that i was picking up on from the meeting from afar that that idea of a proper culture for want of a better word right i don't want to use the word brand but you know a proper culture running right through the club that would involve you know the academy youth setups you know that to me means everyone playing the same way everyone playing the similar sort of formations everyone understanding you know their roles and as you say I don't know quite who sets that and how you set that, but but getting that right so that then the manager and coaching appointments help you to deliver that, I think will be really interesting. Um, and, and that is a positive. I think it's a great thing to say it, but it's a tricky thing to do it because as we know, and as we've seen from our recent appointments, yeah. we have, you know, as you say, Robbery Ball played one way. You know, we go young, we get someone who's going to play a certain way. It doesn't quite work. So you go the complete, the pendulum swings wildly the other way. So I'm pleased to hear him, you know, saying that that isn't what he would do because, but obviously as we know it, if if the season, you know, is tough, it'll be interesting to see how he, how he handles that and how quickly you can start to, you know, put that sort of strategy and vision in place. He, he probably, as you say, isn't going to get details away yet, but he must have, he must know what he wants in terms of that must he must have thought that through because you can't start that from day one you, you know you can't start thinking about it from day one you can start doing it from day one but you must have actually put some thought into that before you've come into the club i'm assuming yeah yeah exactly that um and and yeah i mean i think like you say there are lessons that county can learn with the, the the darren kelly experiment where that was supposed to be what happened there where we had a kind of complete vision of how we play throughout the club and it, it didn't quite translate but i think having that leadership from the top and having someone who day-to-day is making sure that happens is um is critical so yeah that was a, a that was a high point for me i think good and what do you think um i think it was quite an interesting comment that he said you know we'll let the manager you know do what he wants but you know effectively the manager works for me and i'll be running the club so that was quite an interesting how do you think Coughlin's going to uh going to take to that well i guess Coughlin will probably have a more hands-on uh chairman than than he has had but having said that Coughlin's got a lot of credit in the bank i mean you'd be a complete madman to come in and interfere with what Coughlin has done on the smallest budget in the league. Um, yeah. I think you, probably what you do is you come in and say, how can I help rather than yeah. this is what you need to do. So I should imagine there will be a a, a process. Oh, I should imagine they've already spoken, to be honest, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm sure that that will be okay. And there was an indication that, you know, there will be funds to strengthen if, if we need to. And he's, uh, Mr. Jenkins was very um, cognizant of the fact that, we've got to have success on the pitch. You know, there's no point us doing all the backroom stuff and getting relegated. Like we've got to make sure that the team on the pitch is, is producing. So um, yeah, I mean, that all sounded uh, very good indeed. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the thing that 
the the one answer that I thought he fluffed that yeah um, let's hear it um and I'm sure that there there is a good answer to it but I'm not sure he gave it tonight which was about his leaving of Swansea City and you know if you ask any Swansea fan they will say he did a great job you know brought us up to the Premier League invested loads of money got us you know embedded in the new ground new, new training facilities everything else but the manner of his departure wasn't great and the people he sold to wasn't um were, were not ideal he was asked about that um and he played it with a fairly straight bat and basically said um was the effect of well the trust at Swansea City had four months to organise something to to take back control of the club and they did nothing. And then he moved the conversation on. And I, I felt that was, it was quite a short answer. It lacked detail. And given that for many of us, you know, that that was the one, probably the biggest thing that, that uh, we had concerns about. I was surprised he didn't have a better answer for it um, and hadn't come prepared with a, a better answer for it. Um, it. It didn't, it didn't sway my uh, my vote. I'll put it that way. But um, I would have liked to have heard a bit more about that. And so, if there was one area where I'd like to, yeah, have a further conversation with him, it'd be to to kind of understand that. But equally, I, I I did get the impression that that's something that you know there's there's sensitivity around it uh, from yeah. him, and and you know it, it clearly is something that still you know he obviously feels bad about, and I can understand uh, I can understand that as well. But like I say, one one slightly fluffed answer in the whole night i don't think was was bad at all and clearly it didn't affect the the final vote which was i think we said on the on the twitter feed it was kind of mugabe levels of uh, of mugabe support levels, so yeah 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 well, north korean even yeah 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 <laughs> but i i just want to touch on that on the swans angle because mm. it must be quite difficult for him i guess in, you know he put 20 odd years into the, into the into yeah. the jacks didn't he so you know he's going to want to be he's going to have a lot of He's going to have a lot of positive positivity about his time there, but he's probably got some regrets as well, hasn't he, about the way that ended? And yeah. you know, which is possibly why he's looking to get back into the game, you know, because he, he hopefully he loves the game and he loves South Wales and he's looking to do something else with it. But I can imagine him thinking, I don't really want to go over that, or you know, I want to look to the future. I want to, I want to, you know, learn from what I've done there and see if I can do it again. Which I can sort of understand that. Do you know what I mean? Right? Just sort of think, well. I need to crack, you know, I did a good job there. You know, I had, what was it, 20 years of, you know, balanced budgets and all the rest of it. Yeah. I took them up, you know, I did I did the right things. You know, it didn't end in the, probably the perfect way you would have liked it. Things things often never do, do they? And it's, you know, you get that sort of unravelling at the end, but now he's moving on. So I, I can sort of get why he didn't go into too much detail on that. Does that yeah. make sense? And and I can, uh, I also think it was significant. He was asked... Um, would the trust uh, have first refusal to buy back the club um, in the future? I think I think it was a friend of the pod, Chris O'Brien, who asked that one, and uh, and he replied and said, you know, essentially yes, in principle that option should be there, as as I think was the case in Swansea. So you know, we can't say we've not been warned that if in five years' time he decides, right, I've done my bit, um, the the trust have first refusal. You know, we need to make sure that we're we're there, ready and waiting. And I think there is a challenge for the trust now. That you know, we make sure that we are kind of match fit and ready, so that next time the trust needs to have a, a more involved role, perhaps than it will do in the in, in the next few years. You know, if we do ever want to get more hands on with running the club, that we've got the money and the expertise there to make that happen. You know, so um, I think that's a, a good challenge to have. And of course, in the meantime, you know, the trust is expected to continue contributing financially to the club. This hundred grand a year that's been mentioned. You know, again, Mr. Jenkins said 
that's not critical in financial terms, but it's essential for him to feel that the trust has an equal stake and for the trust to feel it has an equal stake in the club. So I thought, again, that was the right way of phrasing that. And um, and yeah, he kind of nailed that in terms of it's the money's helpful, but actually it's more about showing that the, the trust and the fans are actively emotionally yeah, invested in things. Yeah. yeah. Was there any talk, and I haven't seen it on any of the feeds or anything, about... You know, I know that he's saying he's going to be hands-on, and I know that obviously, the, if once all the due diligence goes through, the board will will step down. I, I, I know there's been talk of having a couple of a couple of trust members on the new board, whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. So there might be elections for that. Who knows? But did he talk about the sort of any of the sort of off-field structures in terms of what 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 would the management of the club actually look like? I, that that's one of the things I haven't really got my head around. Is he going to have like a CEO or a chief chief operating officer or yeah. commercial director or does any of that so sort of being talked about at all? I think there's I think there's a couple of answers to this. I think partly he wants to come in and get. Re- I think he will be involved very heavily day to day initially working out what goes on, asking all the questions, understanding everyone's roles um, and identifying, you know, the structure that needs to take place. I think he doesn't want to kind of prejudge that is what I took out of tonight. He wants to come in and and get a sense of it and will then think, right, I think he's expecting to invest some money in, you know, whether that's boosting on the commercial side or, you know, whether we have a CEO or whatever. But, you know, I think I think he expects to put money in so that we have personnel to do whatever it is that needs doing once he's understood it. I also think he, in answer to one of the questions, um, he said he hasn't got uh, a whole load of people lining up behind him as part of a consortium to invest. But once he understands what needs doing, there may be other people who he tries to bring in. But I think Mm. he wants to come in roll his sleeves up, get involved in the day-to-day, understand it, and at that point then think, right, what do we need to spend money on and how? what's the best way to get that money in? So I think all of that will follow. And actually, although that's frustrating in some ways because of a lack of detail, I think that's probably the right answer to give in terms of, you know, not spending money yeah. on the wrong things. Let's understand no. it first. I, I, you know, I... If that's the plan, and I'm sure I'm sure you're right on that. I don't, I don't have any issue with that because that is what this that is the sensible approach, isn't it? You've got to go in and look at what you need to do before you do it. I, I, I totally get that. Was there anything mentioned about the sort of county and the community stuff at all? Uh, no, it didn't come up. Right. Um, okay. I think it it might have been mentioned in one of the pieces that I'd seen published about it on uh, online, but um, it di- it didn't come up tonight. I mean, in fairness there's a limited t- amount of time for questions yeah, and, you know, you sure. do end up getting a bit diverted. And then you end up with a few silly, funny questions coming in, you know, asking about Jerry Sherman and, you know, have we thought about buying Spitty Park and all the kind of stuff that yeah, gets a giggle, yeah, but yeah, actually yeah. you kind of go, oh, this is critical time. We need to, we need to get better, better questions in. But um, it was, I mean, it was a good discussion. I, I came away feeling encouraged and enthused and, proud of the fact that everyone has given this a lot of time and attention um and by that i mean the fans turning up and asking stuff but also the the board who've clearly done their due diligence and their homework and and i think you know we can all feel that we've we've made a sound decision based on you know evidence and facts and all the rest of it you know this this isn't yeah. just a kind of although we've got bounced into christ we need some investment because we've got problems we haven't taken a leap into the dark. We've made a good, yeah. rational decision. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you, Ed, 
you know, I've got, I had lots of concerns before the vote and, and, and you know, the whole issue of um, fan-owned clubs and the politics around that. You know, I probably am very much on a similar line to yourself. But I think if we if we have to sell, which we, we which I think that we have to do, then we there is an element here that you've got a credible South Walesian person who knows a bit about us, who knows a bit about our culture. I think that's a good thing, you know. Um, as you say, we could be if you th- if you look at some of the owners that are flowing about, that's quite you know. There's some terrifying people out there. I don't think Hugh Jenkins is one of those. I think he's a steady, safe pair of hands, and I think you know. Steady away is how I'm quite happy with that. You know, I'm quite happy with steady away. Yeah, and, yeah. and I think you know, drawing things to a bit of a, a bit of a close in this sort of snap, snap sort of um, snap verdict. Ted, did you go away from you know? Have you walked away from Rodney Parade tonight? Positive, hopeful, nervous? Yeah, pissed no, off? no. I'm, I'm, I never walk away from Rodney Parade pissed off uh, <laughs> very, very often. Um, no, I I did come away um, encouraged. I mean. I think there's two things. I think in the short term, we've got someone who is going to have a proper kick the tires of what's going on at the club. And, and I think we'll make it better, better run, um, hopefully more profitable um, and give us a much more coherent strategy and philosophy. I think that's all good. And then in the long term, I think it's, uh, it's on to us as fans then, because, you know, today we've seen a harsh reminder with what's going on at Scunthorpe of the problem you can have if you get a good owner who sells to an average owner who sells to a bad owner who sells to a crook, right? What we've yeah. got to make sure is that once Hugh Jenkins has come in, done what he's going to do, um, improve matters, and then decides, right, that's it, I want to sail off into the distance and retire, that's the point at which the trust need to be match fit, match sharp, ready, have money in the bank, you know, in an ideal world to take back on the running of the club, but perhaps in a more realistic world, at least to make sure that we still have some say in who then takes over next. So that, you know, we are always in a situation where we're going from a good owner to to a good owner to a good owner, rather than being at the mercy of uh, of fate. So, you know, there's the, the short term is good. And the long term, it's in our hands, but we've got to step up as well and make sure that the trust is still um, uh, actively run and um, and focused on that kind of long term ambition. Yeah. yeah, well said, Ed, and and, and, I, and I, you know, I'd echo everything about that. And it was very clear with the volume of people who are in the room today. You know, there's an awful lot of skills and yeah. knowledge and acumen i have no doubt amongst both the fan the wider fan base but within the trust so as you say we've got to work out how we can tap into that utilize it effectively so it doesn't all fall on the shoulders of two people and burn them out mm-hmm. and get our act together and support hugh jenkins and amber army as we move forward there we go brilliant stuff and i think you know hopefully you've you've enjoyed our snap verdict tonight so we will leave it there, but we'll definitely be re- returning to this in uh, future episodes. We'd love to get Mr. Jenkins on. So if you if you are listening, Hugh, give us a shout. Come on. We'd love to have a chat with you. We're very nice people. We don't bite. That would be great. Um, and in the meantime, um, I'm going to trundle my way across to uh, Salford on Saturday to watch the uh, our first step as we, we climb our way towards the Premiership. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, everybody... Stay safe and keep it counting.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.